This week's Video Gamer UK podcast is sponsored by Dynasty Warriors 8. Return to the battlefields of ancient China with over 40 new level designs, 77 new and returning characters, and more scenarios than ever before. Dynasty Warriors 8 offers the most complete experience in the epic series. Hello and welcome to the VG UK podcast. My name is Matt Lees and I'm joined by Simon Miller. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Bratt. Hiya. And the inedible mm. David Scammell. Hello, sorry, I just took a gulp of orange juice. I bet you did. That's not orange juice, that's orange squash. Oh, Don't sorry. lie to our listeners. Yeah, you're not yeah. that healthy. Let's not mislead people about the vitamin C content of your beverages. Yeah, it's mostly water. How sorry. watered down is your orange squash? Well, this is the thing. I've been speaking to people recently about orange squash. No lie. I think that's the right level. I thought level, this was going to be personally. like a two-word answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always thought it was one part squash to four parts water, which it is... But other people I know put in like half and half mental. That is it's wrong. Quite I think. crazy. <laughs> I've, I've, I've taken this here and I've got nothing else to say about it. <laughs> do, you, do you like your squash, Simon? I don't drink squash. What do you drink? Water. <laughs> it is mainly water <laughs> with an orange tinge. That's true. You needed yeah. to follow up, didn't you? Really? Oh, my word. Uh, well, anyway, we'll jump straight into the game. <laughs> I will say, first things first, uh, one person I uh, commented recently of a longtime video gamer.com forum member, Altaranga, said, The podcast is all right, it's not bad. So there's nothing really about the podcast that sets it apart from other gaming podcasts. Cheers, Rango. So this time, we are proud to announce that for the first time ever, we are now the world's only gaming podcast to be consistently not wearing trousers. Yep. So throughout mm-hmm. the entire of this recording, none of us are what? wearing trousers. Take that, Alteranga. Yeah. on the floor. Unless Alteranga has suggested, I mean, what would they like us to do? We did start talking about orange squash. That's quite unique. That's pretty yeah. unique. And now we're in our pants. You're not going to get that in an American games podcast no, because sir. they probably wouldn't call it orange squash. Exactly. Yeah. they probably call it, I don't know, cordial. Cordial. Uh, uh, they say cordial? I don't know. Don't anyway. Be cordial with me, sir. Anyway, let's jump on to what have we been playing. So, Dave, you're going to kick it off. Am I? Something old, aren't you? Wow. Yeah, I've gone retro this week. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. Why not? Ooh. Because it's amazing, right? Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, it? You're playing on Vita, right? I'm playing on Vita. It was P- amazing when I played it five years ago, but yeah. is it still? So, you only played it five years ago? Probably, yeah. Right. So, I first started playing it when it came out. And I was only 11 when it came out. And when you're 11, you kind of. You get a vague idea. <laughs> it felt like you the start of a word yeah. original with that verse. When I was a boy. <laughs> no, I must say, I played it when I was a kid, but I mean, I, I replayed it five years ago. But, but you so. think you understand it as a kid, right? Yeah. I mean, I never finished it. I always got to a certain point just after, just when you start disc two, I think, and then you, I always gave up. I don't know why. I didn't understand some of the stuff as a kid, like um, Barrett, big black dude with a gun for an arm. Yeah. He was like really stressed and like yep. angry and stuff, and I never understood why. And I never realised that Cloud is a massive dick. Yeah, he is. Yep. He's tall. I just thought, you're the hero, you must be nice. But no. actually, he's just a mercenary who's in it for the cash. Pretty much. So yeah, it's all these themes and stuff well, that I'm now up. understanding a lot better now that I've gone back to it. But um, I played Final Fantasy VII late, actually just played it late, and so I... Well, you, I you weren't even born when it came out, Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, it was still in a test tube. Shut up. <laughs> Obviously, Brat, it's common knowledge that it was formed in a test tube approximately a year ago. Yep. If we mm-hmm. decided it was the cheapest way to get a new member of staffvideogamer.com, instead of hiring someone, yeah. we just grow our own. It's I pretty, am your pretty father, unique, Chris. isn't it? Don't have to pay him. He's sort of a blend of all of our DNA, really. So he's got all of our traits. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I, um, I think if you do play Final Fantasy VII the first time, any time around now, it's, it's difficult. Because you hear such great things about it. And it's just yeah. early 3D stuff is really hard to play for the first time after you've experienced. And there were so many really ropey things about it. Like I remember specifically the way that what you could tell whenever it would it would shift from being a 2D picture to being a cutscene and then back to a oh, yeah. 2D picture. And it was like the transition yeah. was like it just it didn't quite. 
But it's like all the colours would change and stuff. Yeah. And it would just be like... It was cool at the time, though. It was amazing. But mm. now it'd be like, what? What is this? Well, it's weird because obviously that's the one that everyone wants to be remade. And I've, I'm playing mm. it, looking at it as if, how would this be now? Like, I'm kind of viewing all the different scenes yeah. and stuff from a over-the-shoulder, third-person type perspective. Almost. Or like a Final Fantasy thirteen view of, of the world. Yeah. And, and trying to imagine what Square could do with it now. And, but you know what? There are things in it that if it was released today... I don't know how it would be received. The, I've just done the bit where you um, have to cross-dress <laughs> and save Eris from essentially being sexually assaulted by... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I've just done that. And that like, bit in the slums. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if that came out oh, today... God, I completely forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell anybody is talking about. <laughs> Do you not remember about. that bit? There was I bit... never played it. Oh, there was I was a bit... Nintendo boy as a kid, and I'm not going back now to play fucking Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Oh. Come, on, come on, the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you say, I was a Nintendo boy back then. What I mean is, what I mean, I'll shut up again in a minute because people don't want to hear me say this, but I mean, <laughs> my parents said to me, you pick a console and that's it. I picked Nintendo console. They made you swear your allegiance from an early age. Exactly. And by the time I had sort of my own income, I thought I'm not going to go back eight years. <laughs> they to, sent you to, after to during the console wars. Yeah, it's like, I'm age. not going to play Final Fantasy VII now. It's too late. And it well, was see, I had... Anyway, um, back to assault sexually. I <laughs> Standard, isn't it, for this <laughs> yeah. podcast, really? I had um, Final Fantasy VII on the PC in one of the classic massive boxes. And mm. it's a shame because I gave it away to someone because I'm a nice guy. And I, I used to give away a lot of my games when I finished them. I go, you have it, you play it. Mm. And uh, later on, a few years later, I realised at one point it was worth loads of money yeah. because mm. the PC Did version... you go and get it back? No. <laughs> no, I'm not that, that bad. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was really rare on PC, apparently. Mm-hmm. I was quite lucky as a kid, actually. I ended up getting lots of really, really rare games I'm not sure how, I think. And I wasn't like going out of my way. I think I was just always in the right place at the right time. Mm. But um, no, yeah, that bit. Because yeah. he was basically a pimp, right, that character. Well, He ran a bar or something and he was... He, his name's Don Corleone. That's it, Don Corleone. And, what? Uh, yeah, he's, And he had uh, like one of the items you could find was panties or something, right, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. It's a bit weird. But you go down into his uh, basement and there's like bondage stuff and stuff like that. It's a bit weird. Well, no, actually, I mean, to be fair, like Final Fantasy VII was quite an adult game. Actually, Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VI were both quite adult and that's why I liked them. I liked the fact that in Final Fantasy VI, spoilers, you haven't played it, but if you haven't played it, for God's sake, take your time. <laughs> it's only like 20 years old. Uh, there was a bit where, you know, it was like all these people in a castle and then one of the bad guys just who, before then, you thought this bad guy was just a bit of a joker. He's always jumping around saying daft things and you thought, he's going to be one of those bad guys who you kill really early on yeah. mm. and he's just like, he's not serious business. And then he just poisons the river outside the well, yeah. the wells of the castle, murders all the men, women and children inside. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're just like, whoa, oh, okay. that bad guy is actually a proper bad guy. Yeah. And he ends up being one of the biggest, well, if not the the biggest, probably, the bad guy in the game. Mm. Kefka. Oh. But it's a good game. I play it on my commute into work and home. It's just a good game to pick up 45 minutes on the train and just sit there and... Uh, I will say, it. actually, because it seems to be something that comes up every time, this remake Final Fantasy VII thing. Um, no, don't. And actually, mm. I had an interview with one of the lead Final Fantasy guys who worked on Final Fantasy VII a couple of years ago. And I said to him, look, you know, people always say to you, why don't you remake Final Fantasy VII? Like, what's the deal with that? Are you ever, ever going to do it? And he basically kind of went, well, I don't know. There's lots of stuff in the game now that w- people wouldn't like as much. Yeah, and do we change it's that? It's not just story stuff as well. The late combat in, in that game is so boring if you play it now because it's just repeating summons, which used to be the yeah. Final Fantasy thing. And it 
it was literally like the way to win yeah, yeah. was to have Knights of the Round and just keep Simon, Simon. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> man's what we talking Simon's in Greek Simon's just staring out the window hello darkness my friend I don't know but it's odd though because I'm not typically a Final Fantasy fan I loved 9 that's the only one I've ever finished I didn't like 9 really weird I gave up after 10 didn't like 10 at all but yeah I think one of the 10 as well I think one of the top honchos at Final Fantasy said it best when I interviewed him. And it annoys me that this conversation keeps coming up because that interview which he did for OXM, I think, just says it all. And the fact that he just said, sometimes it's best to just let memories be memories. Mm. Done. Let's I agree just that. leave that. And also, people say, oh, I want this game to be remade. I want this game to be remade. You can play it right now. You don't have to spend your time worrying about it. Like Dave, he's playing it right now. You can go and play that game, you know, and enjoy it. I assume it's nice in the Vita and it works fine. It's just a PS1 version. Well, there it works we go. Fine. So yeah, go play it now. Don't worry about what could be. Worry about what is. It will only ruin your dreams and memories. Yeah. Mm. Well, they could remake it. Because I, mean, I don't actually think they should, but then Ocarina of Time was done so well in 3DS, I think, well, maybe there's... I don't know, work, but the problem but... is that Ocarina of Time, because it was actually a 3D game. That's mm. true. Um, so it's just, just case up it, yeah. Like, you just sort out the edges. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. my technical. Yeah. Just take the edges off. <laughs> fine. Get rid of the Make jams. Make it look a bit nice. When actually, it's like, it was a weird game. I mean, there was a lot of stuff about it that was odd. Like, specifically, I remember that you could press select on the PlayStation controller to bring up those red arrows, which would show you where the exits and entrances were for the areas. Really? On, on 7? Yeah. Because sometimes on some of the 2D it drawings, clear. it really wasn't clear yeah. which doors were like doors you could go yeah. through. And yeah, a lot of that stuff. Also the bit where you got stuck in the golden saucer and had to do chocobo racing for a bit. It was just like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Weirdest pacing ever. Yeah. yeah. They'd have to redo a lot of it. Like, and like cut bits out and re- rework stuff. Do you still bits. like it though? Are you still enjoying it? Like in terms of it, even though you've played it before? Well, I, I've never finished it before, so I'm looking forward to finishing it. I think I'm enjoying it more now because I understand the themes a bit no, more. I'll tell you what, also, the story's nice, but the early to middle game combat system is one of the best yeah. ones when in the you whole learn series. skills throughout it. So addictive. What, what, what's the items that you have to uh, materia. equip? Your materia. And it's, yeah, uh, so much more fun. It's than... the way you slot them into equipment and then by using them in battles, level them up and yeah. unlock new skills and permanent stuff and permanent stat boosts. Mm. It's just like... It's amazing because with Final Fantasy, they keep going back to similar systems and keep reinventing stuff, but they've never really. It still feels familiar, though, right? It's awesome. Of, like modern games do that as well—the whole equipping things and leveling up things by using them. Like it's a similar. But system I remember the what? disappointment in Final Fantasy VIII when it came up with this junction bullshit, and you're like, oh, "Why didn't oh, yeah. you just oh. use Materia again? Yeah. It was oh. such a good." System. And the more you learn about Final Fantasy VIII system, the more broken it seems. Oh uh, yeah, it's rubbish. Oh god, yeah. yeah. I remember specifically Final Fantasy VIII became about. Walk, walking in and out of this area, walking around a corner where behind a door there was a secret draw point where you could draw a very powerful spell from and you draw three or four each time and you just spent half an hour walking in and out of this room, going <laughs> to this secret location and pressing X until you had 99 of that spell and then you junction it to your attack and then you win the game. Nice. Fucking boring. Fucking boring. Anyway, Final Fantasy is consistently boring. Um <laughs> <laughs> we got to have that conversation to end it with that that's horrible I'm just trolling yeah. it was amazing years ago and now it's rubbish uh, it's probably not I just don't have time for it it's just lost its way it has we all lose our way sometimes says you the man like... who's played half a Final Fantasy game <laughs> in his entire life I think the scenery has fundamentally lost its way <laughs> I got to a point in Final Fantasy 10 where you had to fight two bosses back to back with no save points and if you died it took you back and made you do the first boss again I thought yeah. I'm done with this and there I broke really, the disc actually, and I walked away there were some hard bits in Final Fantasy 10 but it's still one of my favourites yeah, same because I'm a massive lady boy. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so oh, what have you, you been go. playing, Chris? On the back of the box, I've had a, a little bit of a quiet week. I've started uh, playing The Last of Us, finally. We've talked about that 
so much on these podcasts. Yeah, well, I'm so bored of game now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not true. Um, yeah, the, no, really, really enjoying the uh, the first. Yeah, if you want to hear about that, actually, we have got a special Last of yeah. Us podcast where we talk about it in super depth. Eventually, I'll be able to listen to that as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, that'll be a nice little treat for you. Actually, <laughs> yeah. if you haven't heard that and you have finished Last of Us now, do go back and listen to it because I was actually really, really proud of that podcast. I thought it was really I'm pretty good. proud of it. Yeah, but um, uh, other than that, we've still played quite a bit. Company Heroes too. Um, we, we're starting to develop very basic strategies. Yeah, I feel like we've. Um, <laughs> I feel like we've stepped it up a notch, actually. Yep. Um, just because we have got press copies of the game still, but it's funny. I've worked out now that the the, the way that the press copy works is it means that we can play it. But we're not attached to the real servers, which means we can only play each other. Oh, really? I, yeah. I've never actually tried. <laughs> yeah, because you weren't here yesterday because you were ill. So I was like, oh, well, I really want to play Company Heroes. Well, I'll play it online against a stranger. Aww. And it's like, number of players currently in matchmaking, one. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's Either that is not very popular at all. <laughs> I think yeah. like Company Heroes too. I think Sega would be clawing at the walls right now if I was the only That would person. be the worst purchase ever. Imagine going out to THQ Auction. We've done it, guys. We've got Company of Heroes too. One person bought it. Oh, dear. <laughs> actually, he yeah. didn't buy it. That's we gave him a code. <laughs> we couldn't even get the press to download it with oh a free code. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, I've, I figured out you can get trucks with rockets on the back, and that's just kind of changed my life. And I've got flamethrower trucks and rocket <laughs> yeah. men. And you, you were brought out men in capes. It's an Elton John song. What's going on? <laughs> rocket man, firing rockets at the fucking trucks. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how the lyrics are. And I think it's gonna be a long, long game. <laughs> I will play Coming Heroes too eventually. But yeah. I, don't, I don't. I do always like real-time strategy games when I get into them. But to have that moment where I think, yeah, right, I'm ready. They don't come along very often. What's wonderful about Company Heroes and Company Heroes Two for the same reason is that the online stuff. It's because I'm rubbish at those games because it becomes a game of two halves. Yeah, you've got way. to be managing your base yeah. and micromanaging everything at the front. Precisely. And I can't do that. You need to have two brains. Mm. And some people can do it, some people can't. But in this, it means that basically the building unit element is not as much because in most you have this constant income of resources. Mm-hmm. You have to keep spending it, otherwise you end up with way more than you need. But yeah. in this, you can spend like all of your money that you've saved up for like five minutes on two units. Um, quite easily. So it becomes less about trying to keep that constant production line up and more about managing these battles. Yeah. And we had a point where we were playing a game the other day where you built loads of anti-tanks dudes. These guys in capes with uh, armor-piercing <laughs> rifles. Lovely capes. They're oh, awesome though because it doesn't make sense because they're just these guys with special rifles. Oh, like super Nazis or something. Yeah. They, no, no, I, I think that's Russian the Russian. official time with <laughs> super Nazis, yeah. But it's amazing to watch because you can have this awesome tank and this little squad of dudes are just shooting at it and killing it. And you're like, you can't kill a tank. That's you're not just how men. Works. You're just men with guns. Um, but you built loads of them. And so I just stopped building tanks and just watching a couple of small squads with machine guns decimating yeah, your troops. Brutal. It's but really nice. You when you can, in yeah. that game, it does allow you to focus on these little skirmishes really well because you kind of build units. Uh, you have like, you know, five guys that come along in one go. You can kind of focus on them a little bit more and make sure you use their abilities because you're not always rushing back to your base to like... Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's it. You tend to kind of try and hold down one area with some fortifications and some well-positioned dudes in buildings and stuff. But then, yeah, it's, it's lovely how you can be massively outnumbered. Like There's a point where I had like two sets of dudes and you had like four tanks, but I managed to yeah. nail them just through a bit of a flanking and yeah. yeah. No, it's really good. I feel Strategy. like we've... Because um, we've been bumbling around with it for a while, but I feel like we're actually getting <laughs> to the stage where we... seen on the videos. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad because we made loads of videos, but in all of the videos, we've only used like three units each. Where now it's oh. like, oh God, look at all this cool stuff we yeah. can do. And and when we recorded one, I'd just like beaten Matt three times consecutively. <laughs> we start recording a game, it crashes, we co- re- record another one, I lose. It's, yeah. 
Whatever, Chris. It only counts what people see, man, not what you say. <laughs> it's a great shame, though, because he was really battering me. He had this brilliant technique of just driving men around in jeeps, and I couldn't yep. stop it. Just I was ma- getting absolutely destroyed. And then I worked out how to yeah. stop it, and he hasn't been able to get out. No. Screwed. He's Age of Empires was one of my kind of game when it came yes. to Age of Empires 2. Yeah, I loved Age of Empires. I even liked Age of Empires Online, what, which is wildly, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wildly considered to be a massive flop. I quite enjoyed it. I Rubbish, thought it was quite fun. Rubbish. I thought it was all right. No. No, I, I, like, I think it was just very simple, that's why. What I love about um, Company Heroes is the way that the landscape really makes a big difference. Yeah, like, flanking true. stuff makes a massive difference. Mm. And also taking cover. Like If you have one set of a small squad and you hide them in some good cover, like behind an abandoned tank or something, then they will last for ages. Yeah, Relic do quite a good job of the uh, of cover mechanics in a real-time yeah. strategy game. You can you kind of see if, if it's like yellow, then it means there's some cover when you're clicking where to go, and it shows you like the dots of where they're actually going to sit. Yeah. So you can get an idea of like, oh, that's a really good position. If it's green and they're all hidden, but then they can sit there and take shots for ages, yeah. but then if the other guys run down behind them, they'll just get killed like really quickly. Mm. It's way. Cool. Sorry, go on. It's got that kind of like, you know, the way in FPS games where they kind of, that evolution where suddenly headshots did more damage. It kind of feels like that, but it's just really interesting how very few strategy games yeah. have bothered doing it. Mm. So. It scored uh, lower than Coming Rivers 1. Is that just because it's more of the same and people think, kind of aren't as bowled over? It was also, to be fair, we haven't uh, really talked about this quite as much. There have been some arguments that there's a pay to win element to it in, in the fact that you can. You know, the upgrades you have on your kind of general, mm. they're, they're very minor. It's like usually like 2% accuracy to troops or a certain type of troops. You can, you you get those by leveling up, but you can pay to get them early. And oh, really? I think that that always pisses people off in competitive it. games, as you can imagine, rightly so. I don't think it's as big an issue from what we've seen. But then again, we play it very casually. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're very minor. I don't know I, I don't know enough about the mechanics of the game to understand mm. whether or not you really can use a combination it, that can you an edge. Those upgrades have always felt pretty useless to me. But yeah, yeah. We, we obviously may They feel like a nice it, bit of flavour, like 2% yeah. faster in movement. It's like, yeah, or like 2% extra health to those trucks, which you destroy in like two shots anyway. Yeah, which is, it kind of... I don't know. Yeah. I think also another complaint is because of the fact that they really wanted to tell the story of the Russian front. Yeah. Uh, the story of the Russian front is fucking depressing <laughs> yeah massively <laughs> because so. basically it's just like hey a lot of people died more people than have ever died in history died yeah. here within days so I think the whilst the original game's campaign was just this awesome gung-ho adventure where you'd it's, hold a town with like a squad of four dudes and feel like heroes that, and this that, is just like that is a company yeah. of heroes whereas in the Russian campaign so far it's kind of like death just, death yeah you don't you get a chance I think so, some of the stuff I read about it anyway I haven't tried to play it myself yet you don't really get a chance to get attached to the units that much because they're just always getting yeah, killed. They're cannon fodder, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Whereas Sad I remember times. in the original Company Heroes, I had a sniper in a building and I just, he was my favourite man ever in the history of men. <laughs> yeah, high just, praise to that That man. one guy, he yep. like, killed an entire Nazi army. He was so cool. Um, but again, I think the reason it's scored lower on a wider thing, it's more of an interesting thing, is I think there's a, still a massive tendency for reviewers to review stuff mainly based on the single player campaign. Yeah, that's true. And then a bit of a score difference yeah. depending on how, the online. How much of the single player have we played in comparison? It's Precisely. And I think the, the multiplayer is brilliant. I think it's... I need to play more of it, but it seems really, really fun and there's a lot more variation than there was in the first one. Yeah. Um, it's weird, that because only Battlefield and Call of Duty seem to have reached that point where yeah. reviewers accept that Really, the multiplayer. That, that is, took is a while, though. Well, you know it? what? I mean, it was it was yeah. really controversial for me. One of the last reviews I did at RXM was um, Black Ops Two, and I came back and I was chatting to my editor, and I said, he said, "Look, you know, you don't feel like because it's Call of Duty and because it's popular, you've got to give it a good score." And I was like, "Of course, no." But he's like, 
because I said, well, look, the single player campaign is one of the worst single player campaigns I've ever played. It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. But the multiplayer is really good. Mm. And it, you know, it's one of those things where I know that most people are just going to play the multiplayer. So I went with an eight in the end, mm. just because it was this thing. I think and eight's fair. And I think eight was fair, but I think it's one of those weird things because people in the review are like, but you yeah. said the campaign was rubbish. I'm like, yeah, but people don't care about yep. the campaign. Yeah. If, I, if I gave it a six because it had a terrible campaign, but then went, oh, but the multiplayer's very good, it would be actually undermining the way people yeah. play the game. It's similar to what Martin wrote in, uh, in our Battlefield 3 review. But pretty much yeah. the same thing. But it's like, if Battlefield 3 didn't have a single player, would it have scored higher probably. Than, a, than an eight? Yeah. Probably it would have done, yeah. So, so you sort of like, you've got to look at the way... That doesn't make any sense, yeah. No. World's broken, I'm but out. That, but that's the thing, is I think with real-time strategy games as well, people still do mark it based on the campaign because I think it's a kind of... Magic. Under, it's not... <laughs> it's a kind of magic. It's not represented very well as a genre, I think. I think no, a lot of the people true. who review them are still the people who grew up loving Command and Conquer and stuff. Yeah. And I love those games, but I think now one of the reasons that Company Heroes is so big is that people still play it online, the original one. Yeah, it's, it's, got no, it's true, it's got a massive community. online community. Yeah, very so true. I think you've got to take that into account. Mm. But um, yeah, what have you been playing this week, Simon? Well, I don't play normal games anymore. <laughs> I only play things that kind of wind up in my... On my... Actually, no, I quite like level five. So I probably would have I've turned, hunted this down anyway, but I've been playing uh, Leighton Brothers Mystery Room. That's right. Is that linked to Professor Leighton? Yeah, but it's, it's so ham-fisted. It's just, it, I can't remember his name now. It's because it's, it's like Arfinkel. Arfinkel Leighton. Right. And he's Herschel's son. And he lives in London and he runs a, uh, he basically works for Scotland Yard and he just solves murder cases. Mm. And so you take on the role of some chick who I can't remember her name <laughs> some uh, chick there's this chick right <laughs> but that's how they all talk that's it's, how they all talk that's why I said it like that appears, yeah. yeah that's how they all talk because obviously they're set in London and she's um, I, you know, I can't remember any of their names they've all got stupid names what, what era is this to groovy chicks this is like 1960 <laughs> no 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 I mean it's just I don't know it, it kind of has a Sherlock Holmes vibe about it but it's not set then <laughs> it's set in the modern day but everyone's wearing big trench coaches and, and things like that I just got this image of like you know the, the Sherlock and Watson being like what up babe <laughs> that's what it's like it's like I'm, I mean Arfinkel whatever his name is is Sherlock and you are like Holmes he knows everything and you know before each case he says you know he tells you the um, the uh, what do you call it the, the case you're about to examine and he says here's your here's your suspects which one do you think is uh, is guilty from the information I've given you which one do you think is guilty? So you'll pick one, and he will go, you know, if you're right, he'll agree with you. And if he's wrong, he goes, ah, oh, yes, I think it's this. this is before you know anything. You haven't even examined the, uh, the murder scene at this point. And he goes, ah, oh, yes, but I think, and being a level five game, all of a sudden the screen goes mental, there's a load of lights, and there's a hundred cutscenes for him just to go, there's a 97.2% chance that it's this guy. And it's always the guy. It's always right. <laughs> but you have to narrow down to 3.8% that he can't, he can't work out. It's mental. Um, so yeah, and basically what you do is as this rookie you then go you look at the crime scene and it's obviously because it's on iOS and it's mobile it's all very Sounds simple a bit like um, what's it called Phoenix Wright oh it's a lot it's like it is like Phoenix Wright meets Professor Layton meets um, I don't know because Phoenix Wright was great fun but I love the way that you just it was really unprofessional <laughs> it was the fact that you were just supposed to be an attorney but then you end up A having a, like, a personal relationship with like everyone involved yeah. in the case and doing all the work yourself yeah and you'd be doing loads of detective work and the other like... thing the thing with Phoenix Wright that really comes across here is I always felt like no matter what I did in Phoenix Wright it would turn out okay it would always kind of get to the point where it's supposed to get to one way or another and it's the same with this you can make a hundred mistakes and yet you still find the right guy. You still find the evidence. Does it have that them. sort of... Because I, I, one of the things I loved about Phoenix Wright was um, the fact that in some of the... A lot of the cases, the harder cases, you didn't know... You didn't know what had happened. Yeah. And you were like clawing away, just trying to find little things that kind of just 
No, it's a bit more... Because it's on iOS, I think, mostly, it's a bit more streamlined than that. In the sense, you will always get a list of suspects, and you will always get uh, their take on what happens, and then you will always get to look at the murder scene. And the murder scene is nothing more than you just click... There's like... Certain bits will be highlighted by uh, circles, and you just... You know, you tap the circle and you zoom in and you look around. And there will be some hidden stuff, but to find the hidden stuff, you just zoom in the camera a bit, <laughs> a bit more. Like, there's no sort of actual control of, of what you're doing. Uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of Moorish, and there is some kind of... Once you get to kind of the, uh, the, the higher-up cases, there is a certain amount of deduction you need to do. So you need to think, well, I found this, and that matches that guy, but this statement doesn't work with that person's statement, therefore it must be, you know, this guy over here. And it's kind of fun. I mean, I kind of liked him, and I've done... You nine... don't sound massively convinced by it, but I can't tell because obviously at the moment we should add that you're currently transitioning into your final Pokemon form. <laughs> um, uh, Simon's been cutting out all carbs from his diet yep. and eating a diet purely protein and uh, essential fatty acids. Yeah, so he true. can be the beefiest man in Beef Town, yeah, which is awesome. Much. But I thought he was lo- already, but I love Beef Town. Yeah, he's going to be the mayor of Beef Town. <laughs> but I do like it. I do like it. It's just, uh, and I don't like people that say, oh, this is an iOS game. But because it is an iOS game, a lot of it has been stripped back. It just has been. This is designed for when you're on a bus and you want kind of 25 minutes or something to do. So it's very easy, very simple. And it's all right. It's okay. You know, but there's a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Like typical Japanese slash level five game. My gosh, okay, the conversations. Yeah, the conversations they have just go on forever. But, it, you know, it has, it, it's fun. And um, considering you get the first two cases for free, and I think the other two, the other two um, blocks of cases, which are about, I think, five each, cost like a quid or something. So if, right. if you really like it, you know, it's going to cost well, you two pounds. That's so. a good way to do it. I think that's mm. one of the advantages of iOS is being able to have a, a game model where you can just yeah. be like, play it for half an hour. If you like it, give us some money. Yeah, that's it. And I do like it. I just, I don't like the music. Because it's, it's like Professor Layton. Why is all Professor Layton music like crazy trumpets <laughs> and mental saxophones? <laughs> like, who came up with that one? That's with all the crazy trumpets. <laughs> I like the crazy trumpets. It really reminds me of like Bellevue. No, does it remind me of Bellevue Rendezvous? The art style does, but they're not the crazy trumpets. Yeah, no, trumpets the, the, the art style is similar here. But and there's loads of talking, and then it does. It holds your hand. It holds your hand a lot. Yeah, and why sounds, don't you look over here? Like, when I want to, you look over there, boy. Ah, it's the music from a game called a film called Waking Life, which is okay. a game about lucid dreaming. Oh, not nice. um, lovely. It's really, really good, actually. Oh, really, good. really trippy. But yeah, I, I think it's okay. I think it's all right. Like, I think I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll probably play all the cases, to be honest. As well, I'm on a train or a bus. But, you know, it's, it won't... I won't be talking about it in a year. Yeah. I may not even be talking about it tomorrow. I must be saying, actually, that all the, the talking stuff, I'm struggling a bit with that. I've been playing Animal Crossing... Which obviously oh, that, is... that dialogue I just hear from yeah. Oh, you. You just don't have it. Can you turn it off? Can you turn uh, it off? I think so, yeah. Probably turn yeah. that noise off. Yeah, but it's, I need to find the options actually and mess around with it because the talking just takes forever. It's so slow, and I do like Animal Crossing, but I feel like I'm just my brain is like living in the fast lane. <laughs> so I really struggle to go and just chill out and do some fishing. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, I played it on the GameCube, you know, and I try. I put in like a good week because I know obviously it's it's all done on the in-game clock and stuff. I just don't understand it. In I another life, it. in another time, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it on the GameCube. But it yeah. was that was a time when me and my brother would just mess around with stuff and we'd make our own fun. And it was like, I loved it. We were both kind of slightly too old for it, but it was that kind of rekindled that childhood thing. And I yeah. think that's why people love it. It is an odd game though, because it seems like um, it's a game that the only people playing it are children and games journalists. Yeah. Games yeah. journalists have gone mental for Absolutely it. Absolutely yeah. crazy. And that's why I bought it, because I thought everyone's playing it. But I've added loads of people on my friend codes, but I can't be asked doing any online stuff. I'm not good at online gaming. Uh, but obviously I have been keeping up doing um, Animal Crossing diaries. Yeah, so I'm going to video diaries. So if you want to see how I'm getting on, then you can watch them mm. on YouTube. We're going to put up one every Friday, just a video diary update. What's nice going on? Well-rounded uh, <laughs> video take, into your mind. Have you got any apples? Have you got any apples? 
Oh, I haven't. I've got cherries. Got any pears? You don't got no pears. That is the game, isn't it? Pears? Like when you visit got, someone else's cherry. town, I've got cherries. You just kind of do drug deals with fruit, right? That's correct. <laughs> Bam. Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dead man. Don't say it. Don't say it loud. Don't tell the mayor. I don't understand it. I've got someone on my Twitter account. I can't remember who it was, so I apologise. Who was moaning, saying, "I can't play it at work, so I play it in the morning and night, and everything's shut." So uh, where no. am I supposed to play apparently, this game? Apparently, once you've got your mayor stuff all signed off, uh, you can change the shops that they open at night instead. Mm. It's an odd one, though, because in New Leaf... 24-hour shopping, yo, it's the future. New Leaf does seem better than the other ones, actually. I was thinking, oh, it's just the same stuff again, but they've added quite a lot of stuff. I do kind of like the way that it's a really, really twee take on the dull stuff of everyday life. The fact that you have to like sort out a mortgage and you, <laughs> you, you have like town planning and stuff. It's right, just, man, like, it's bizarre, but I do like it. I'm the biggest Nintendo. I love Nintendo. I think they're great. But this and Pikmin, I just don't understand. They've never, ever, I, ever made sense. I to get Pikmin. Right. I think yeah. Animal Crossing is just, until you get it, it's just really isn't, difficult to... The first Pikmin was incredibly, incredibly frustrating game. Isn't Pikmin just and, like some guy goes to a planet, corrupts them, takes over their town and leaves? Pikmin no, was a game... The idea of Pikmin. It's like an RTS. No, kind the of. concept is he goes in there, destroys all the inhabitants, then leaves again, right? Pikmin was like a broken mm. version of Dead Rising, right? Oh my God, it just blew yeah. my brain. Because... What? Really? Yeah. Say what? Pikmin I've was never like, thought like Dead Rising I'll explain why, I'll explain why. Pikmin was like a broken version of Dead Rising because what it did was you played it for 40 minutes and then you realised because you hadn't done things quickly enough or you hadn't done things in the right order, oh, right. you'd failed the level yeah. and then you had to restart the whole level Yeah. and you just spent like 40 minutes or sometimes an hour in the later ones or what it felt like anyway because it was quite a slow paced game and then you go oh right I've got to do the whole thing again and it was that trial and error um, but this is what Dead Rising was and a lot of people didn't like Dead Rising because they played it for a few hours and then they were like oh I failed the game because you hadn't done it properly and then they went what? That's bullshit. I can't have failed the game because they're not used to that but then of course what they didn't realise was Dead Rising was going aha yes but you're going to do it again but you're going to keep all of your experience, which means you're going to be better. Mm. And it means you might fail it again, but then you're going to start again and you'll be better. And it means you keep doing it, but each time your chance of success will improve. When, when you failed in Pikmin, there was no, there was nothing. There was no pat on the back. It was not like, oh, we're going to give you five minutes more this time. It was like... <laughs> They've addressed that in three though, right? I don't really I think they have addressed like, it, There's a yeah. save system. They've talked about a new feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, a new feature is going, we you know the fundamental it. design problem with Pikmin? We <laughs> saw that out. It, yeah, yeah. But it is weird how everyone's so fond of that game when it had an awesome style, an awesome idea. But as a game, it wasn't that much fun. It was really stressful. Yeah, like, I didn't like it. I never clicked. I, I wanted it, to so. play it because I thought it was going to be like um, Animal Crossing or um, Harvest Moon or something really twee and nice. And all that happened to me is I accidentally sent all my Pikmin into a pond and they drowned. <laughs> and I just watched as they all died. And there was nothing. It's real do. life, man. You make one mistake, people die. It's you've got to deal with it. It's weird that they're pitching it as a system seller. Oh, it's, it's nonsense. It's not yeah. weird. It's nonsense. Well, considering it started off as a Wii game, people. Um, I don't know why Nintendo think that Pikmin Three is going to shift systems because it's not. It is absolutely fundamentally going to shift no systems mm. anyone who cares about pikmin that much has already bought a wii u because yep. they are people who are nintendo fans and they're not the people you want to aim at it's not um, mainstream enough to no. appeal to that audience it's really not and well, yeah it, you're uh, right the core will have already if they want pikmin they've already got a wii u it's an rts really isn't it it's a strategy it, game. yeah it's a strategy no game, yeah. strategy game is really mainstream i'm sure it'll be great i'm sure it'll be a great really? game but it's not going to shift systems mm. and anyone who thinks it is including nintendo is bonkers mm. um mario kart however yeah 
I'm tempted. Yeah, Mary, you're gone. Uh, I don't see, I, say anything, we... Brad, as you don't know what to talk I about. I don't, but I just, your car. I get frustrated there. Mary, like, your car. People are so excited about Mario Kart 8 because the cars can go upside down. That's the truth. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm excited need... because it's still the greatest racing mechanic yeah. ever made. What about Mario Kart 7? Yeah, I've got that. I'm playing it right now. I'm loving it. Did I, did I tell... Do you need 8? Well, they need, it, just it looks seems... really lovely. The graphics look well nice. Yeah. And it will have... Nice. The, if, <laughs> if this wasn't a Nintendo game, like I, I just feel people would be more... No, no. Though. Mario Kart is one of the few games, and the exception of this, I think, was Mario Kart on the Wii, which was balls. Yeah, because it took out the drifting mechanic. Yep. Um, and it was like, hey, play it with this piece of shit plastic wheel. And I'm like, no, I don't want to play Mario that. in your house. Some weird, like, budget Mario. <laughs> like, hey, murder, murder, how's it, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, we got our Mario from Lidl. Yeah. Play it on this Mad Cats controller. Mad Cats. Mad Cats. Stan, you like Mario Kart, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, no, you said that, like, but. Oh, there's a but. No, 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 there's, no, no there's not a but. It's just I was playing at E3 for a little bit, and the guy said to me, and this is a brand new feature. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, but that's just uh, promotional nonsense. What is? Was these what one is? of the? I said, "What? What is?" And he goes, "Oh, look! Well, the anti-grav." Like, I totally hadn't realised that it was, was anti-grav. But was these one of the? Were these? That was one of the people that was standing next to the pods, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the person stood next to my pod. I don't think knew who Mario was. <laughs> that's not a joke. I don't uh, think they knew who the, Mario look was. Look at the funny man in the if red you, hat. Did you see the camera shaking on that impressions video? Because mean, I just start chuckling to myself at the conversation. She, you're at having. one point, she does say something like, "Oh, all the characters are back." Like Waluigi. No, he's not back. He's not new. He's, well, oh, I think you're. I think this one's Yoshi. No, no, oh, that's right. No. Yeah, they said, oh, I was Koopa Trooper, and they went, "Oh, you're Yoshi." You, you and should I do went, my job. No, I'm Koopa Trooper. She said, "Oh, what's a Koopa Trooper?" And I threw the controller in her face and I left. That, that bit didn't happen. I think I think um, they've messed up though. For mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they've got it the wrong way around. They've got Mario Kart out next year. You're right. That's a Mario this year. 3D World Christmas. No, you're right. Mario Kart is the system seller. Yeah, um, no, because everyone loves Mario Kart. I tell you what, I love about Mario Kart though. Where every good one anyway it's that bit where usually most racing games you play you play through the different cups just because it's the progression right mm-hmm. you're like oh I've unlocked the next cup I'll do that cup oh I've unlocked the next cup I'll do that cup but with Mario Kart I love the fact that it keeps the track secret yeah, so unless you jump online exactly. and see them all you get this period of being like you really want to beat it and I always go for 150cc first time because I'm a man yeah. and then it's really hard to beat some of the cups and get them gold but then when you do you play the next, and you just see those little pictures of being like crazy yeah, no, fucking true. marshmallow land, and then it spins over and it's like wacky tree bastard land, and then you like <laughs> you go into them, and it just puts a massive smile on my face. The structure bores me now, though. That's the only problem. Just I do know what you mean. It gets away with it mostly because the tracks are cool. But and that's the, the any thing. other game that said, "Oh, we're bringing back tracks from old games," I'd be like, "What?" Yep. But because of the way it does it, I'm like, "Oh, what tracks are going to be? Did, what did tracks going to be?" Did you play Sonic Transform last year? I love no. that. Really good. Really, really good. Really good. And that, um, that's the kind of structure that, the, that I was like the in I'd say the, I'd say it was uh, the best Mario Kart game for a few years yep Sonic Transformed believe it it was made by some of the guys who made Blur yeah, um, which was oh, really? an incredible racer and it's got a really shabby art style that's all I'd say for it it's very generic the art engine just doesn't look nice doesn't mm-hmm. look clean mm-hmm. um, it, it just comes across thematically all the power ups really, look really uninteresting it looks like the sort of thing you pick up off a shelf and go, oh, this is proper budget shit. It looks like Pac-Man Racer or whatever. Love Pac-Man Racer. But oh, don't, don't buy it. I've never oh. played that. Just <laughs> a big troll there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's really, really good. When you work out the mechanics and work out how the, the boost stuff works, it's super clever. What's the structure, though, that you like? Excuse me, that was my stomach. I don't know if oh, you heard good. that. <laughs> um, it's just a, a level-by-level type thing. And, and often, it, I mean, you can choose which ways to go. You have to unlock... 
I just, I can't have it. Your belt's undone. <laughs> Sorry. We, just we, talk about the we, damn we interrupting, interrupting to look at my trousers here. His belt broke. Uh, <laughs> broke. Uh, you have to pay to unlock. What do you pay with? You, you earn stars or yeah, something. Yeah, you earn stars. You? And um, basically, certain level, certain amount of stars unlocks different paths. And there's all different challenges within yeah. those different parts. So each cup is like, it's not cups. It's basically <laughs> it each... the same. It's, no, no, it's quite not, simple. I've each... made it sound <laughs> stupidly complicated. <laughs> the way it works is that each cup is basically like an area. And you go into that area and then it's like, it is like in Mario 3 or whatever, where you can oh, go around... Oh, you pick your path. Right, okay, right, that makes sense. Uh, but then there's different sections in it. And each cup area has a certain number of stars. And the more stars you unlock, the more things you can go to. So actually, to, to get everything in each area, you need to do all the events. Mm. And you need to max out all the events. But it's always like you realise if you get half of the stars, then it'll unlock, like, something. But it has lots of really interesting unlocks along the way, so basically it means that instead of it just being like, oh, wow, you did really well, you've unlocked this character, it's everything's quite tangible. Yep. There'll be, like, a silhouette of something, and it'll be like, that's a character, that's... And you can take those paths to, to unlock those characters, or you can just carry on going Right, through. okay, so it's a bit like a platformer. So really, it's like, to unlock some of the really cool stuff, you might have to do, like, especially in later cups, you might have to do a really hard event, and then you can mm-hmm. unlock it, or... It's it's quite cool okay, the way it, it means that it's not that thing of races often have where it's like I'm stuck on this race mm. and for me especially with realistic races it's like oh it's a fucking yeah. Nurburgring it's wrong. not massively original but it's it's different to the the standard sort of Mario but it's mainly Kart. what impressed me actually about Sonic um, was the fact that it has this thing that looks really stupid it has this stunt button where you can do stunts to left oh, or the yeah. right and then they give you boost and you just look at it and you go that's just so uninventive. Basically, you flick the stick in any of the four directions and it spins the car. So when you do a jump, you do a spin and yep. you boost more. And I just looked at that and gone, oh, God, really? That is rubbish. But then it's not. It's actually amazing because you have this, this thing of being like knowing when you can, you can spin up to three times oh, on any you... jump, which means you have certain jumps where you, kind of, you have this thing. If you know if you mess it up, you've yeah. screwed it. But then you have to make this instant calculation in your head after a jump going, can I do two or three on this? And also, there's this thing that you realize that when you spin to left or right, you actually physically move your vehicle about an inch to mm. the left or the right. And it means there are some paths in the game where literally you have to jump off a thing and then spin three times to the right. And it's the equivalent okay, of strafing cool. midair. <laughs> so you strafe midair onto a separate track, which then hits another boost. And it becomes like, like any good racer, that if you get good at it, then you are literally, you are constantly boosting at maximum boost. And you're just going through the whole race, yeah. just going... And it's, it's, it's so an incredible much, feeling. It's so much better than the original Sonic. Oh, God. Race. I think, it's I imagine game. there'll be a lot of people that played the first one and thought, nah, not going to bother the sequel because the first one was a little bit rubs. But no, yeah, totally different. It's a great shame. And actually, if you, if you love the Mario Kart thing and you get a buzz from that technicality of the, doing the whole yeah. triple boost thing, it takes that and evolves it. It's like, it's one of the most technically difficult kart races I've ever played. But when you nail it and start getting good at it, so satisfying. I love that game. Love it. Also, before we move on, mm-hmm. Mario Kart 8, at, mo- at the moment, there is no blue shell. What? No blue shell. Finally, right. good. Blue that shell bullshit, that was right there. I know. I almost killed you with my eyes. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. that's good. That. If that's the case, then man, my, my Mario Kart dominance will continue. Yep. Yeah. I'm actually good at Mario Kart. It looks Kart, really nice. One I like the art style of Mario Kart 8. It looks lovely. Yeah. I've been playing this week, um, interesting because you're talking about iOS stuff, I've been playing a game that takes some stuff from iOS um, and uses it to make a game that isn't complete bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's nice to know. Uh, Rogue Legacy on PC. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Which is basically, it's like Castlevania combined with Roguelite, which is like mm-hmm. roguelike, but not as hard. Roguelike games basically are games where it's randomly generated each time, and they're really balls hard. They kill you Yeah, usually really when you die, you have to start so, from scratch. Yeah, and when you die, you start the game entirely from scratch and play an entirely new random game. I love them. 
mm-hmm. I find them really addictive, but they're really? always really hard. Sound like I just get upset playing them. Well, no, you do. Now. You do get upset, but you, they, they also get really exciting because when you start to get really far in them, you're like, oh my God, I've never been this far before. <laughs> yeah. And then you get killed and you feel heartbroken. Yeah. But you so immediately It's the go, opposite oh of the, uh, the game you've been playing this week, which if you, you feel it's too handholdy and you can't do things wrong, I, roguelikes are brilliant because you There's can do so much wrong, you wrong. You can do everything wrong and you will. And <laughs> oh my gosh. It makes you more invested in it. A lot but the way this works is nice because in if it was completely roguelike it'd be very frustrating. But the way it works is that it's sort of this very comical game actually where you like you send a knight into a castle and it's Castlevania but then the idea is that they then die really quickly especially the first one's called like Sir something the feeble. He's like <laughs> it's got the whole joke that basically there's been this legendary hero and then his son He's rubbish. <laughs> and he's like, his ancestor is just like, I'm shit. And so you die within minutes in the castle. But then you have some gold. And then the idea is that your money gets passed on to your son or your daughter. They can spend that on better equipment or better stats. And then it means that each time you go through, you earn some money, then you upgrade your character. And it's basically like a simple RPG. It's a bit like Infinity Blade. Sort of. It's a yeah, lot like yeah. Infinity Blade. Right. Um, but it has this sort of like upgrade system. Um, but it has the iOS thing of being like super addictive, like one more go, because each game only takes usually about five minutes, but yeah. sometimes 15 if you're doing well. Um, but it also has this nice thing of the fact that some of the upgrades you can give, give you like, you can buy an upgrade which gives you a plus 1% to the gold you collect. And so it has that iOS thing of being like, mm. you end up investing quite heavily mm. to get more investment. But it's really nice because usually in an iOS game, there would also be a button that you could press to get some money. Or do something. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, exactly. And it kind of avoids that. Yeah, and it's a shame because the whole, like, uh, giving you upgrades that help you improve the economy is a thing that iOS games kind of invented a yeah. bit, uh, or at least popularized. But it's nice to see a game using the cool stuff that iOS games like Jetpack Joyride one of my favorite iOS games. Yeah. Um, but not having any of the paid-for crap. Bullshit. Ro- yeah. Rogue Legacy <laughs> is a, a real brutal storyline when you think about it. It's a, this family of kind of subpar heroes that are just constantly yeah. going into the same castle and dying and, uh, it's over and over again <laughs> yeah. but i like it because it's so like flippant about it yeah. and i like the way that you end up um it's quite nice that sometimes you'll get because each each time you get a hero you get to choose between three different types and there are different types of characters and you're like every now and then you'll get one that's really good and you're like ah, oh. and you'll, you'll be like this time i'm going to try and kill a boss because you can actually make proper progress that's permanent progress like if you kill a boss you've killed it and that's done then you can go and kill the next boss and but a lot of the time you'll just be like oh screw it this is a rubbish character yeah. well i only need 600 points to buy the next sword so i'll just try and get 600 gold coins and then i'll just be like if i die after that it doesn't matter so you kind of it ends up being like although it's a little action game it becomes like a high score thing where you're like you know you have to get a certain is, score otherwise your journey is worthless is the end game just a high score game there's no like finish. uh no there is a finish because yeah it's like there's there's four sections of the castle each of which has a boss and after you kill those four bosses you unlock a big door which mm-hmm. i assume unlocks the last area oh, okay i played it for about seven hours so it's basically it's like a castlevania game but it just means that um you're leveling up your character but each time you die mm. you get a new castle but there's some cool mechanics like the way that you can pay you can get this dude to fix a castle so if you play a castle and you go i like this one You've got an architect outside who will fix it, but then you only get 70% gold. So it's this thing of being like, if there's a magic chest you wanted to get that you messed up the first time, means you can send your ancestor in and he can have a go. Um, it's just lots of really clever touches, but it's just super addictive. And actually one thing about it that's worth mentioning is it's really funny um, mm. because in addition to being like 
your character is a mage or a barbarian or a paladin, they have real world traits like IBS or short sightedness. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like colorblind as well. Colorblind. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're colorblind, then it means that you play through it and it, the whole game's black and white while nice. you're playing as that character. Some of them are really annoying, like Vertigo actually flips the screen, so you're playing it upside down. <laughs> it's <really> impossible. <laughs> like That sounds horrible. It is, but the thing is, because you can always choose from two or three characters, usually yeah. you, most of the traits, you look at them once just to see what they do. And I love how subtle some of them are. I'm not going to spoil them, but some of the things you sort of like, it takes you two or three tries with that type of character to work out what that effect that has on the world. Because some of the things, my favorite one, I'll give as an example, is, um, my favorite one is hypochondriac. And if your character is a hypochondriac, it means when you get hit, it's like 3,000 damage when actually it does like 15 or something. So every time you take damage, it's like, oh, 4,000 damage. And it's it's just really funny. And to be honest, like after about three or four hours of playing the game, you've kind of seen most of those jokes. So the humor element wears off. But by that point, the kind of looping addiction and and fun of it has got you. But I like it. I I really, really recommend it. I think it's one of the most fun games I've played this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's one of these really... For me, actually, I'll just quickly say it's a really good example of why we don't... Everyone gets really stressed about, like, current-gen consoles, and everyone's like, oh, make a new Castlevania game, make a new Metroid game, make a new Star Fox game, and we want um, all these console makers and companies to make new versions of the kind of games that we loved when we were kids, and they won't. Um, And they just won't. And it really annoys me that it's like, everyone's like, when will they release a new this on the Xbox? Uh, And actually, a good example is Shadow Complex, which yeah, Epic, where's a new Shadow yeah. Complex? Where's new Shadow Complex? Because I want one of them as well. But you know what? Epic looked at it and went, well, yeah, but we made so much more money on Infinity Blade, which took us so much little time. And it's like, you kind of get frustrated that they're not making games like this anymore. But actually, just stop worrying about it because they're all on they're all on PC. There's all these little dev teams true. that have grown yeah, up playing these games. Inspiration from them, but yeah. I would like a new Metroid game. Well, no, and but conquer, you, you don't need a new Metroid game because I swear they haven't made one yet. But in about a year and a half, there'll be a dev studio of three or four talented guys who grew up loving Metroid games who will have just gone, screw it, we're going to make one. And it won't be called Metroid, but it will be exactly the same. Metroid. Amazing. And so many like indie games are taking inspiration from Metroidvania kind yeah. of ideas anyway. like There are elements of that all over the place. Yeah, I mean, this has got Metroid bits in it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that, what's nice as well is the, the way that these games, even though they're not like the official brands... Because they're not, they actually can reinvent them. And you, stuff like this game is like a bit like a Castlevania game, but it has loads of other influences. Where if you put them into a Castlevania game, people would go, oh, it's not really a Castlevania mm. game. I don't know. I just think PC indie scene at the moment, it's just, it's not even, PC indie scene used to be this like pretentious thing of being like, oh, oh it's, it's just thriving. another fucking art game. When actually now, it's just basically providing all the games that we as gamers want. It's like hardcore. And I, I love that it's happening right now because it's such a quiet time on yeah. the consoles. It's like, what are you talking to, about? Right, right to, to hell, hell retribution. retribution. 1% yeah, is that, out. That, that's what we'd be talking about <laughs> if there weren't the toe. like really cool games like Rogue Legacy that's uh, true. knocking about. So that's yeah, true. And State of the K, which you're continuing your uh, yeah, video playthrough of. Um, Excellent. I look forward to watching that. If you haven't checked it out, Little Brat's got a Little Brat. Sorry. Little oh, God. Little Brat. I've got so many names for you. Stop it. Little, little Brat. Brat the Brave. Oh. Um, yeah, you're doing a kind of Let's Play series of um, State of the K. State of the K. Yep. And I, I enjoy cool. watching them. So you watch them. We've got quite a bit of news, so we should jump onto that. Don Matrick's dead. Don Matrick is dead. He's not He's killed this morning. He's picked it by poison arrow. I've got a lot to say about this. I think, yeah, go for it. Do you know what's going to happen? We're going to annoy a lot of people. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, here we go. So, Look, here's the thing. And we're gonna, I'm going to condense this down into a smaller piece I'm of pie. I'm predicting YouTube comments going, 
Simon's I think Scott's Simon's going to be boy. dead. No, no, <laughs> look, Simon should come work for Microsoft. What is this? The Bill Gates? What was Let's, that called? Something like what's that? that? I didn't see that one. There was Bill Gates fan club or something like that, which makes so little sense when you think it about it. doesn't even work for Microsoft no. anymore. Um, <laughs> it's not the I would know. I know the structure of Microsoft down exactly. to a D. No, look. We all know the Xbox One uh, fallout was bad. We all know that the message they gave was bad. We know the PR was bad. We know some of the things that were said were stupid. But this is what I'm going to say about it, actually. I'll keep it nice and short. People that are now saying that Don Matrick didn't like games, the man likes games. It's as simple as that. He started a development studio when he was 17 years old. He, he made the first test drive game. He then went to EA. And I mean, by and large, if you look into it, was responsible for the success of The Sims and Need for Speed. He's had a lot of, in, you know, a lot of... Uh, he, put the, he put the men into The Sims, didn't he? Yeah. It was just originally and, just a little house simulator. Yeah. And I will say, it's just, to, just to preempt the YouTube comments, people who say that Sims is rubbish, it bloody wasn't. It got rubbish, but the first Sims game was brilliant. Yeah, and I'm so, not, I'm not, yeah. That doesn't forgive him for what he did. Like, I, I completely understand why people don't like him because to us, he was a spokesperson for Microsoft yeah. and he was not a very good no. spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, that's not his fault. Well, it is his fault. But, you know, some people just don't have that in them. So don't get me wrong, you're allowed to, you're allowed to hate him and allow, you're allowed to let him rub you the wrong way because the only relationship you can have with him is what you see on stage. Well, and I think he was yeah. bad at that. But don't think he didn't like games. If you just go look into his history, you know, he does like, he definitely, definitely likes games. He definitely has a and passion And also, I think it. it's something that has to be said is a lot of people have said, oh, you know, Don Matrick was terrible at his job. Um, it's not true. Just strictly 100% not true because basically, again, it's what we saw of him. This is a guy who... Yeah, he was bad at that. To us, he's a spokesperson. To us, mm-hmm. he's a guy who twice a year stands on a stage and talks about something. And he wasn't very good at that. He was a bad choice. And I understand why they do it because if you don't have the president coming out and talking about stuff, it looks bad. Yep. Stock, what reasons? It's really dull business reasons why you have to do yeah, that. Exactly. But it wasn't his job. Uh, and the same reason, you know, that when any president of a company, it's not that if it was just your job to come out and chat some stuff twice a year, that'd be the easiest job in the world. Yeah. And actually what his job was, was to manage a team of 7,000 people at Xbox. And during his time there, he, the, the stats are incredible. I can't remember the specifics, but the numbers of people using Xbox Live when he joined and his job was basically to get people on Xbox Live it's phenomenal. And the, the year when he Same. joined, the financial... And don't get me wrong, before people go, uh, don't get me wrong, you can still hate him. I'm not oh, saying yeah, that. Absolutely. You can still think he's a massive tool. That's fine. But the first year he was there, the financial prediction for the Xbox uh, division was a loss of $500 million. Yeah. And he came in, we're going to say, we're going to make $100 million this year. And everyone went, oh my gosh, he's mental. And he did it. Yeah. And he did it. So don't get me wrong, we don't have to like businessmen. You don't have to appreciate absolutely. him because he's a good businessman. But just, I think it's something, you can't just shoot down a man's character or, 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 or sort of, you know, his, his passions. And he does like games. That's the only thing. A lot of it's people came out and said he hates yeah. games. He doesn't. It's, it's a shame true. that his legacy will be seen by a lot of people as Connect and Xbox One. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's this thing, right? And I think what you just said is just 100% spot on, right? And I've, I made some videos about Don Matrick's departure this week as well. Some of them silly, some of them serious. But, <laughs> one um, serious, one silly. Yeah, you know, you mix decide. it up. You know, nice and spicy. No, I like it. Sweet and sour, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> But the thing that I get grailed, grailed about here is the fact that people don't appreciate the difference between... We're not saying like, oh, you know, give this guy a break or you should like him or you should respect no, him. No, not at all. Just simply have the facts. Mm-hmm. Accept the facts. That's, that's my point. Because yeah, there, there is some... Yeah. Basically, there is some massively... And I've been very frustrated this week by the fact that a simple stuff like everybody saying he's been fired. And it's just like, it's just... Yep. The thing is, that's exactly what Microsoft insane. are quite happy for you to be yes. thinking as well. That's this the is point. the thing. This is basically, this is in a nutshell what's happened, right? Even if they had fired him, and it does happen, CEOs do get fired. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But when they get fired, it's just like, oh, I'm just leaving. And it's not like, 
You don't have another job. You don't have up. another yeah, job yeah, lined yeah. up because the process of getting Zynga have been courting him for at least three months, possibly six months. This is all completely confirmed on the Wall Street Journal, and it's also been confirmed now that EA are basically really annoyed because they've been courting him for ages, yeah. and they want a metric purely because whilst he may be a a dick and we might not like him he's got incredibly well proven experience in running large businesses to do with games yeah. that's what his job is exactly so, and he's you know, it's, it's fairly proven by statistics people saying he did a terrible job it's like well actually he made that company a lot of money numbers. and we all have Xbox yeah. 360 secondly Everyone, you know. people are saying that him going to Zynga is a massive step down in our eyes, it is because everyone hates Zynga. Family Fortune Survey says <laughs> seriously, no. like just people saying these things, like on forums and on comments, as if it's fact. He's being right. Here are the facts. First things first. I hate Zynga. I think they're an awful, shitty company. I think the games they make are trash. But they've made tons of money, and the job he's been given at Zynga is substantially better paid. And he's going to be the CEO of the company and rather than CEO exactly. of a division. And it's also, a big step up. Let's not forget this as well. Um, that man, he's an exe- You don't get to that level of, of power without having an ego. You just don't. No. Like Trenton, ego. Kazurai, ego. <laughs> Definitely Sony have ego. Remember what they said a few years ago? Same with Don Matrix. You have to have an ego because it's that kind of world. It's dog eat dog. So in the Matrix minds, if he goes and turns Zynga around, just walk around in his big jacket going, yeah, Tom Cruise's <laughs> brother, yeah. And he'll love that. <laughs> like that. That will be... And if it dies, he goes, well, it's all Golden parachute. It's, exactly. a, it's an incredible opportunity. Not, I mean, less to a lesser extent, because I don't think Ruben is in the, the same category. It's like when Jason Ruben took over THQ. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be the boy. I'm going to turn THQ around. It died. He went, well, it was dying anyway, wasn't yeah, precisely. it? Precisely. So, you know, it's, it's the same it's, thing. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. And it's either that or sit in Microsoft, which he's built... To be fair, he's built up Xbox to be what yeah, it is now. And it's just going to be boring from here on out. And that's why it's important to say hate him for his mistakes but yeah. then don't forget what he did as well but my point is you can still think he's a massive tool if you want to think he's a tool because as a spokesperson he wasn't very good but the other thing that annoys me is now everyone's going oh Peter Moore he was so great he played guitar here on stage everyone took the <laughs> mick out of him when he did that <laughs> but everyone at the time was like Peter Moore what a dickhead he's playing cotton but now it's all like oh memories it doesn't work like that you can't <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing that annoys yeah. me everyone now is like oh bring back to Peter Moore he's so great it's not but you hated him then and you kind of hate him now. Do they hate just... him? I don't think people hated him. Oh, and a lot they? of people are like, oh, it's so embarrassing. But now, now there are people going, oh, do you remember he's so into games? He loves games. Look, I don't. Th- I mean, some. I'm sure some people get into the to the business and don't like games. But I genuinely believe. Well, Peter Moore was at Reebok for years, wasn't he? But yeah, but I still think he likes games. I think Tretton likes games. I think Matthew likes games. I think Kaz Harai likes games. I still think they like games. I just do. That's just there's the impression just, I get. This it doesn't fa- mean they're not morons. There's been a fabrication this week. The <laughs> idea, right? That there's been this idea that he got fired from Microsoft for doing a shit job. And they just went, get out. And so then immediately, it doesn't have, he picked level. up the phone. Mm-hmm. He picked up the phone. That could have happened. But the second part of the idea is what's ludicrous. The first part is possible. The second part is that he just basically then decided, thought, well, I'll just go and be the CEO of Zynga. <laughs> yeah, like- As if you can just basically <laughs> give them a call and they will go, you know what? Usually these things take about six months to a year to sign up and sort out. Yeah. But we'll make an exception. We'll rush it through. Sure. <laughs> put a press release out right now saying that you're joining us as CEO. Also, it's insane. Firing. So- Sorry. No, go on. We, we, we may be about to make the same point, okay. though. I've said a lot. You say. You I was going to say, firing someone at that level impacts your stock price, right? So you don't just do it because you're not happy with someone. Yeah. And to make that decision, it would have to come from the board of directors. It would have to have been as a result of our share price is going to dive or has dived, essentially how Ricciolo left EA. Like, he wasn't... And I think, I honestly think, as I said in my video, that he knew he was leaving. And the reason that he kept, when people said to him in an interview, so what, if people don't have an internet, they should just get an Xbox 360? He just went, yeah. 
because he'd signed off. Mm. He'd already got a new contract. Yeah, and he's dealing go. with crap. But he thinks, I don't need to deal with this He just anymore. goes, this isn't my job anymore. The other thing care. as well, though, if Microsoft pushed him, do you know how much money they would have to have given him to get him out of his contract? Yeah. I, I ducats. Just think it, I We're think talking Uber ducats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because well a lot of the, the bad press Precisely. around the Xbox One is... They can just sit quietly. But this, and let people think that. And let people think that. That's, and I'm sure Matrix said, all right, I'll do that. Not a problem. Because I think he still has a good relationship with him. Yeah. But that's the other thing is that I just think like... I've actually forgotten my point. This is terrible. <laughs> Maybe I'm about to have a stroke or something. Um, <laughs> no, I forgot my damn point. I'm too young to die. But I just think like, uh, I just don't think Microsoft, even with all this bad press, they wouldn't have gone, this is all your fault, Metric. Because mm. he would go, I'm sorry, guys, we all sat down in a room and agreed this. This is yeah. all of our collective fault. But also, it's, it's impacted their stock price when he left. Exactly. I mean, you, I mean the problem is that in, in our bubble of the games industry and game fans, we think that him leaving is a great thing. When actually, of course, if, it, if what we thought reflected the reality, we'd see an increase in stock price, but we see a decrease. Because to the wider world, they've lost a good businessman. Exactly. Um, and I think... All I'll say on this is there are two things that I think have made me really angry about that this week is that people thinking that because he'd done a bad job, he got fired, lol, he had to go to Zynga, that sucks. A, reaffirms the idea that the world is a fair and just place with consequences that make sense, which is not true and will not ever be true until we start to accept the fact that we live in a world which is fucked. And secondly... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry that's, yeah. A bit, that's a bit deep. Let's but, all riot. But, yeah, why not? Let's. <laughs> Secondly, it's, there is a divide, right? There is this definite divide between yeah. gamers and these executives. And it's a reason and we always hate will them. be, because they earn hundreds of millions of, of dollars. Of course. But at the same time, they probably look at us like we're idiots because we look at things like that and go, this is what's happened. And that lack of connection will always be a divide. Yep. While, for the, one, because they earn shit tons of money and we will never relate to the fact that we live in palaces. But secondly, because they look at us like we're idiots, because we look at things like this and we get it so hopelessly wrong. So I will say, if you want to think these people are dicks, that is fine because they probably are dicks, but make sure you know why they're dicks. That's the thing as well. Yeah, that's it. And just, you know, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. That's the point. I mean, it just found out frustrating that I made a, quite a simple video explaining what happened and most of the comments below it is going, he was fired. It's like you, you are literally, <laughs> yeah. you are willfully ignoring reality, which is the, the, the definition of insanity. That's the thing. And I was, you know, like I say, it doesn't mean he's a good person. It doesn't no. mean he's a bad person. You know, like I say, through a spokesperson point of view, he does across, like, he's not the, the I reckon best of it, if you met in a bar, you'd be a prick. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. read about it first before you just start. Yeah, there's so, there's so much, especially in this one, actually, there is so much hard information out there. Yeah. So much of this is public and people are just going, oh, I wonder how much Zynga are paying him. It's like, well, if you Googled it, um, there's pretty like definitive answers to that but question. Just going back earlier, this is not me supporting Microsoft either. I just want to point that out. I just, I, I don't care that he's gone. I don't care if he stays, I don't care if he goes. Because all, do, all they'll do is get someone else that's done Matrix too. It makes mm-hmm. no difference. I hope they do Absolutely quick. No I don't want Bulma looking after Xbox. Run around. Come on, man. Oh, God. Oh. Anyway, talking of dicks... Talking of dicks. Double fine. Double fine, yes. yes. Now that is even dickier. Uh, long story short, basically what's happened here is they did the Kickstarter, right? Which was for Double Fine Adventure. For 400 grand, now. gets 4 million, there's still not enough cash. 4 million, but no, didn't they do a second Kickstarter as well after that for the latecomers? I think they did. <laughs> I thought that was for a different game, wasn't it? No, there was a second part to this, I'm sure, where they kind of went, oh, if you missed the first bit, then you can still chip in now. They basically extended it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, I think, I think a lot of Kickstarters do that yeah. anyway. You can so they continue go, to back did it. Did you miss it? Either yeah. way, okay. doesn't matter. Either way, it's still bollocks. And then basically what they've got to is they've got that traditional point in game development cycle where they suddenly go, oh God, we haven't finished mm. the game and we need more time and more money. And then they turn to publishers and go, 
we haven't finished the game. We need more time, but more the, money. The worst thing is, we're the publisher. We're the publisher. We're the publisher. Mm. And now we're always moaning, going, oh, I can't believe EA did that. But right now, we are EA, right? Yeah. This is the way this works. And our development studio, that we have given the money to, has turned around and said, sorry, mate, can't make it with the money you gave me. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> that is bollocks. <laughs> I gave you the cash. Don't turn around and tell me that. And the difference here is that publishers get a return on investment. Yeah. And we don't. Uh, well, obviously, we get a copy of the game, but that's not a very stable return on investment because the game might be shit. Well, I only get half the game now, apparently. It, it's well, no, we don't, we, we don't get half the game in January. People to run want... Steam early basically, thing. this is what's happening, is they're saying, well, we've made half, we can make half the game for January um, and the whole game might not be out for like until 2015, which is bonkers. But then basically they've said, we've run out of money um, and we're thinking, how can we finish the game? Well, I know, we'll put the first half of the game up on Steam and then you can buy the first half of the game early access yeah. And it means that if you've already bought it on Kickstarter, you're, you don't get that. Early that's access. what annoys me. Is if I like to think if I back that project, I like to feel a little bit special. Whoa, think whoa, whoa, I get whoa, to play whoa. it first. I wasn't following that. So if you've already backed it, you don't get early access. No, that's 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 not. They need I to thought make... that was a big point of, of the Kickstarter. Well, you 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 get no. I, well, no, you get, you, no yeah, that's right. You, they, they need you have to, have to they pay need for an extra it. way to to bring. So you're paying twice for early access, essentially. You, you don't have to, but if you, yeah, if you want to. This is my point. If I kickstart that, I want to feel a bit special. I want to feel like I get it a bit early. To be fair, they weren't. They didn't set out with that intention they just it just seems like really bad management but that's still terrible it, it doesn't make it, it any better it like regardless whether he spent it all on booze regardless whether it was just bad management the point is i want if, if the game comes out in january somebody else who hasn't paid shouldn't get to pay it before me that's that's kickstarter though isn't it you don't get that definitive well, that's true. you pay this money and that's what you'll get it's yeah. basically it, you pay the money you get a product it when was, it's done it was always the risk was it and to be fair this is one of the weirdest weirdest examples because they they went for three hundred thousand and got almost four million it's it was always going to be a very strange kind of it's a fascinating circumstance and i what i'll say about this is something i've been trying to say for a long time and been beaten down by the internet repeatedly is that the relationships between developers and publishers is not black and white and publishers because they don't talk about it because they, they can't talk about it they always always get painted with a bad guy brush and it's half the time it's not fair and this is interesting because I used to obviously I used to work on the PR side and I used to work closely with lots of developers and lots of publishers and you get a lot more insights into that relationship and you realise that some of the stuff is bonkers and actually something that happened with Activision that I did not know about when I was working alongside them many years ago and I had no idea about and actually I was on the side of game fans here was to do with X-Men X-Men what's it called? Um, Destiny Destiny yes, yes, yes. and all I knew about that was that it was coming out it was made by a studio I loved Silicon Knights and I thought oh it's going to be great and then it seemed like Activision just weren't supporting it at all. It felt like we could do nothing for it PR-wise. I really wanted to do something with it. I really wanted to promote it. I really wanted to know about it. All we had was this concept art. And for like six months, all we had was this same concept art. And I thought, oh God, you know, Activision, my client, have fluffed this up entirely. They've screwed another game. I hate these guys. Blah, 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 blah. This sucks. Um, and now it seems like, in retrospect, there's been a fascinating piece that came up, I think, on Kotaku or something, which went into in-depth about what happened with that. And it looks like Silicon Knights took Activision for a ride. It looked yeah, like they basically, yeah, they, they were not Shifted working on the game. Yeah, exactly. Every six months they go, oh, can we have some more money? And Activision kept giving them more money and they just weren't working on the game. And then it got to a point where Activision called their bluff. And they just went after about two years, a year and a half or whatever, they just went, okay. And they just publicly announced the game is shipping, it's being made by Silicon Knights. And that's why when I was working on it, we just got told like two days in advance, yeah, um, we're announcing this game. Like, we're announcing this game tomorrow. And we're like, what? We didn't even know this game existed. And that's because Activision just went, right, screw you guys. You're not making this game. And then they went, right. 
Uh, this game is being made by Silicon Knights. It's out on this date, which basically was just then turning Silicon Knights and going, you are making our game, right? Yeah. And but the thing is, out of all that things, it's one of those cases where Activision, a company that are widely regarded as being a big, evil company, mm-hmm. actually did the right thing. They actually did the good guy thing, whereas the developers were being real shit. Yeah, and that game never would have come out. They would have just taken what well, seems seemingly, the they would have kept taking... And when know. it did came out, it was half finished and broken that was terrible I mean game. Silicon Knights Dennis Dyack by all accounts sounds like a bit of a cowboy builder um, based on that article anyway I mean uh, it's a fascinating read but Double Fine can we trust them anymore and well, this is the thing uh, like, it, I like to turn into Newsnight can we trust them anymore get Paxman in there yeah. <laughs> it makes you think right is this the sort of thing that happened with Brutal Legend because wasn't there some sort of fuss there between there was Double Fine and EA I well you know what that yeah. was don't you well I don't know but it seems like someone at EA sat down, played these bizarre RTS sections that had never been mentioned, and went, uh, I'm sorry, Tim, you didn't tell us about this? And Tim went, fuck you, man, they're going in a game. And they all fell out about it. Really? I think, well, I think that's what it seems to be, if you piece together all the puzzles. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, puzzles. publishers do no games. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sat down with Brutal Engine and went, guys, this game isn't fun. Well, like well, it is for two and a half hours, and then all, all that game needed. That game was sold on its music, right? Mm-hmm. It was. You can't. And Jack, Jack Black. Black. Yeah. All it needed to be was awesome music. Should you like that type of music? And you go beat the crap out of things with a big guitar axe for ten hours because I thought it was for two, and that would have been fine. I mean, it wouldn't have been the the greatest game ever. Would have done the it, job. But it would have done the job, and instead it turned into. And if you liked it, that's cool. But that's not how it's marketed. And, again, and I think most... Oh, yeah, they didn't announce the RTS stuff at all, did they? But they now, now this has happened. Do we start tying it? Had, was this another situation where Tim Schafer kind I of don't know built too happened. much game? I don't it's, know. It, what's sad about this is the way that game development always works, obviously, is this thing of, you know, it is this back and forth and saying, oh, we need some more money, we need some more time, and it always has been. But you would have thought a company as experienced as this would have looked at this and gone, okay, well, this time it's different, and one of the major ways it has to be different is whatever money we get, we yep. budget properly so we do not ever have to come back to It's not a great anymore. analogy. If we go into Tesco, right? Not saying you be the Marks and Spencer, wherever you want to shop. And you have 40 quid to spend on your budget, right? You don't spend more than that. If that's all the money you have in your hand and you have any other way, you think, well, I'll just, I'll yeah. make my 40 pound go as far as I can. So why can't they do that? Well, the thing that annoys me most is that it, it, originally it was a small scale $400,000 thing. Yeah, it's, it's and now interesting they, they earn 10 times the amount. And what annoys me about that is that Tim Schafer comes out and says, well, you know, I don't want anything to be less than a Grim Fandango or a Full Throttle. Well, it was at one point, because you didn't make those games for £400,000 yeah. or dollars or whatever. So at one point, this was a smaller thing. So why now is it... It just feels like we've funded the salaries of a lot of people and maybe they haven't really been working that hard. Which is, I mean, I unfortunately... That, no, the, thing, the thing about that, though, is that's saying that, I feel bad because actually the problem is a lot of studios, and this is just me guessing here, but a lot of studios do have this horrible crunch and it's a big problem with the games industry. This, like, you know, you work as a games guy and you means you, you get paid quite well, but you never stop working until yeah. the game's done. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible. And I get the impression that maybe they've gone, hey, this is awesome. This is like new. We don't have to work like that anymore. And they've almost been like treated this whole Kickstarter thing as being like the game dev's dream. And because of that, maybe they they kind of haven't worked with the same intensity because they don't have a man in a suit coming yeah. in once every month. you can see how that w- would happen so easily. You get this, you have this huge celebration, you've, you get almost four million, the people are behind you and you can see how people, you know, they don't have producers. Into it. Yeah. Because producers, dev teams hate those exactly. guys, right? Because, I mean, I know a lot of like um, big US publishers will actually have like, even with like UK studios, they actually have a, pub, a, yeah, a, a producer who would be from the state who would then basically be like yeah you're going to go and live in the UK yeah you go put them in a studio don't and you? they'd yeah. literally they'd come into the office every day and they'd have somebody there just to make sure they were doing their job yeah, and it's literally like we've given you your money it's like having a minder 
It's just yeah, like... But they're basically the schedule, man. They yeah. go in the big schedule and say, this, 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 do it now. Money, they man. have to do it. And it's like people like, oh, shrug, evil, evil. But it's like, well, no, it's just protecting your investment. You it know? depends on the company as well, doesn't it? Like, you know, you have, you know, you rule by fear or do you rule by, you know, whatever. And I haven't been watching these things, but I wonder here, because really the idea with what they were doing with this documentary of them showing the process of them making this game, these really regular video updates, I haven't watched them because I don't have time for that stuff. But that seemed to me like that was supposed to be the equivalent of the man in the suit yeah. who stands behind you. And I wonder if in the recent episodes, months and months and months, there are, is footage of Tim Schafer repeatedly going, I don't think we've got enough money to make this game. Because if not, that's really dishonest. Because the fact they've only said this, they've said this after six days yeah. after their second Kickstarter for the Massive Chalice ended. Which means six days is roughly just enough time for Kickstarter to yeah. go, right, it's closed, give us your money, they, give us your money. They will have known about it before then, and it does start raising questions, would people have backed Massive Chalice? They've just taken a million dollars. Uh, they've just taken another million dollars from fans to then turn around and say, you know that first project yeah. we kickstarted? So now I'm, I'm really hoping that the guys making um, Wasteland 2 and... Um, Tides of Numenera, the secrets of torment, aren't going to fucking do this. They, they, are the dr- they are the dreams, aren't they? If those, if if those, those guys screw it, my heart is They are the dreams. Big there name. You go. No, for Kickstarter, I mean, they, they, those are the big, the big examples of I always thought Kickstarter could work. Kickstarter was balls. So have I. Now I hate it. I think it. it's yeah, a great idea, but I think that... But as always, it work, it man well, corrupts works all. Works well for the little man, I think. The little studios, yeah. the little devs, great. If you, as soon as you start getting big names in, big teams... Pff, You've got no to have way. a sense as well to cut it off. I think the problem is that the mistake that they've made here was they said we want 400,000. And maybe in their head they should have gone, you know, have your, your new awards for different things, but have a cut-off point. Yeah. Have a point at which you go, actually, yeah. guys, actually, yeah, we're not going to take any more money. We really appreciate yeah. it. And hopefully when the game's out, you'll like it and you'll buy it. What the balls happens when you, you only need a million to create this dream game and you get four? Like... I what tell you what happens. You, you freak out. You go out and you get drugs and booze and girls. Here's, here's an analogy that actually makes a lot of sense, right? I used to go to this thing called Secret Cinema, which is this really kind of Heard about this. It's cool, though. Uh, left, like, yeah. kind of cool thing. Basically, they put on these bit events that are themed films, and I went to one for Blade Runner, right? And it was one of the coolest nights of my life. They recreated a little warehouse that was just like Blade Runner. And obviously, I had my big stupid hair and my big stupid jacket, so I looked like I was in Blade Runner anyway. Um, but... It was amazing and it was so cool because it was small and it was written about in the BBC and I actually appeared in the BBC video in the background. I was like, oh, this is cool. And it exploded. (laughs) It became like this really cultural phenomenon. Everyone was talking about it. Then I went to the next one, which was um, Lawrence of Arabia. And it was a nightmare because literally what happened is this company who had really specialised in these small boutique events for like maybe a thousand people over a period of a couple of weeks um, had now had so much money thrown at them Mm -hmm. and so much potential and we're putting on a massive event. And I yeah. used to run big events, and I know that the logistics of them are very interesting. Yeah. And it didn't work, because they didn't have enough toilets, they didn't have enough food, like stalls, and they, they hadn't accounted for simple things. Like when you've got 5,000 people in the room, they're not all going to go and get food at different times. They're all going to go and get food and go to the toilets at the same time, because... And it was just an absolute clusterfuck. But, but they'd thought like, oh, well, more people want to come, that's great, let's just... It's they, as many as they, they want. dealt with economies of scale. So they'd yeah. gone, well, how many hot dogs do we need for like 50 people? Well, and then we said, we'll do times that by the number of people. And they basically done really simple mathematics and not realized that when you exponentially increase, increase the scale of something, once you get to a certain threshold, the game changes. And it means that just doing the number crunching and going, well, that'll work, 
doesn't because mm. there are all sorts of other problems and it's just it looks like they've just fucked it basically so basically Tim Schafer needed more toilets he yep. needed more toilets than he yeah. thought he did yeah. and now he's pissed all over us <laughs> I do think it's bad I what really the, do what the hell happens if they don't raise enough for early access well this is the problem the early access thing seems like a good idea having a thing of being like we'll make half the game and then you can pay it for it if you want then we'll make the full game it's basically like a paid for demo but yeah. that game will get a publisher I tell you right now. Well, they've you said, reckon? haven't they? They've said that they don't want to do that. Well, they said they don't want to do that. Like they that, said that, they release a game. That Cloudbury Kingdom game that Ubisoft's doing, that was a Kickstarter game. And now Ubisoft's picked it up. How does that work? Like the consumer Corruption. It is dodgy. It's weird though. It's basically, it? it's become this thing of being like, we want. You're, you're, what you're doing now is you're funding proof of concept based, yeah, on, yeah. based on the fact you like look at something and Dude, you'll get a copy of the game in return. And if you're happy with that, if you know what the deal is, but it is dishonest. And I, I don't care if someone says, but... we've got a publisher, but we'll make some extra cash. It's up to you. Your choice then. If you want it, it's your money. You do whatever you want with it. But what, to then yeah. put it in a pot and then someone go, oh, we've also got this other pot we didn't tell you about. Well, you know what? Cool. That would be a really honest way of doing it because the problem with publisher based games is often publishers, they look at the bottom line and they, they don't see the appreciation of the value in extra features, right? So yeah. a lot of the features we want in games. Publishers will look at them and document and go, well, do we need that? Mm. Can we cut that out? They weigh up against cost versus yeah. return, aren't they? So if you could have something in a game that's being published, right, but then you have a Kickstarter on the side being like, look, we're getting this game published, they pay for these yeah, if features. You want this, yeah, then we want these features. If you want them, then what, you can buy a copy of the game. The pub, that would start creating bad habits in itself, though, wouldn't it? Certain it could. Publishers would be just like, well, yeah, you want that? Go, go ask Kickstarter. Sod off. Yeah, but it's not working the other way either. No, it's You've got not Tim working. Schafer lying about making games, Tim. And I like you, Tim. You're one of my favourite developers ever. You've created four of my favourite games. Just because you look a bit cool. like a fat version of Steve, you're not getting away with it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Right? He does. He, does. he looks a lot like a fat version of Steve. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyway. all a bit dodgy, all a bit dishonest. We're running over a bit today, but it's been a, an interesting week, so mm. screw it to hell. Let's ask some questions yes. or answer some questions. Sure. Oh, goodness wow. gracious. <laughs> Who put that microphone there? God damn it. What? Okay, I just... Kristen Lee died on a microphone. Oh, right, it, was, okay. it was pretty dramatic. Okay, let's have a look what we've got. Um, have a what? Oh, read I, the questions. Read the so questions. Can I put a very quick shout out to Duckman? Because he is. Oh, wait, we're getting there. Well, we're getting there. We're getting oh, brilliant. There. Right, good. Uh, okay, Please. so first off from the forums, we've got this from PB Live. Um, if you're going to be, you're obviously going to be getting hands on the consoles at work, hopefully, but who on the podcast team is getting a next gen console on day one? And if so, which one? I, I know Dave this. is certainly doing Couldn't this. Couldn't possibly say. Could possibly say. You know what? All of Screw them. it. I'm buying an Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. Come well, at me, bro. I suppose someone's going to have to write about it, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have pre ordered both. Xbox One and PC. To be honest, yeah, as, as journalists, basically, we should be, uh, we should have no, a knowledge of them. So, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get either of them, but somebody else can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a go on one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm PC. Like a roller coaster. And actually, I say that. I'm PC until they give me a reason. And there'll yeah. be a reason. I don't know what that reason Something is. Something will yet, happen, yeah. But there'll be a game I'll see, and I'll go, yeah. Gotta play it. I think at the moment for me it's probably Project Spark just because that looks like awesome fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so if that is the case, I might get an Xbox One just because I want to play that. It's coming to 360 I, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Is it? And PC? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll get it on PC. Done. Maybe. <laughs> it's definitely coming to PC. Yeah. Though, it's, yeah, oh, it's, fuck oh, off. Fuck there. off into space. <laughs> the, the, Next. Mix, the mix of. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm um, a little scared right now. I don't really uh, know where we see. are. Uh, what would your ideal game shop look like? An Apple store. Yeah. Um, Steam. Amazon.co.uk. <laughs> don't know. I just get to fill the pads. What do you mean a game store? <laughs> I imagine it means a brick and mortar. A brick and mortar game store. Uh, I don't really have one. They're all horrible. And they're all designed as if it's 1996. I, I think I think an online store with a little bit more control over what happens to the game. Argos, actually. Oh, it's pretty good. 
I think that's... Argos? I don't know. A bit boring. What talking about. Imagine if it was a bar, right? Oh, no. And instead of arcade machines, you had like a load of pods set up with the latest games. Yeah. And behind the bar, you could buy a drink and a copy of the game. Yeah. I think that um, the best Amazing. thing would be... I mean, obviously, I quite like Loading Bar in London. I've done a bunch of stuff with them recently. I might do some... Uh, maybe even do an event for video gaming there, actually. Hmm. Just thinking about loud here. Anyway, um, but that's quite cool. I think somewhere social where you can play games and chill out and have a drink, have a coffee. Um, it'd be quite Protein nice to imagine shake. running a game shop that was like a kind of game shop and a space, but you only stocked good games, like a curated game shop. You know, like you get that with music stores, right? Where it's like you have a jazz store and it's like they yeah. won't have shit music. They'll just have all the best jazz. Imagine that. I don't think it would work for games, though, would it? Well, yeah. I think current retail isn't working for games. No, I think true. things started to go down the pan when it was like, hey, here's 500 copies of the latest Medal of Honor game. No, isn't true. it crap? Shut up. <laughs> we got paid a lot of money to put them in the window. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some, this is from Mark Gregory. He's talking about the Ubisoft the Ubisoft hat. Ubisoft. 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 The German drink. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Ubisoft. Schmeckt gut. Apparently he's had some trouble with his, his account. That, how Sorry, immature, Simon. Was, what kind of podcast is Hello, this? Chris. I'm having some problems with my penis. Oh, God. Yours sincerely, Mr. Chufty. Um, Please stop writing us letters, Mr. Chufty. We can't read them out. I just out. don't know how to answer it. Um, <laughs> well, take a look. First of all, yeah, let's, let's, pictures, let's have a look. <laughs> oh dear. Dave, Dave, tell me what's happened with Ubisoft hack and whose fault is it? <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Whose fault is Ubisoft? Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle Ancel, isn't it? Just... Eve? I was Hello. like, Eve Gillamore. Eve Gillamore. No, Ubisoft, Gillamore. Ubisoft hack. Yeah, that happened. Ubisoft hack? Yeah. I have no idea whose fault it is. Someone on the internet. Hackers, isn't Probably it? Ubisoft for leaving their systems open apparently they left their websites. systems open no there was uh, oh, one, God. Of, one of one of the one of you their websites because it's only one of their websites it suggests that that website hadn't been built properly or had certain systems uh, open right. you know what I'm just uh, so unable to get outraged about any of this stuff I yeah. find it so boring it was it's, it's always the responsibility of the person doing it like I could kill you right now Chris Brant and you know you haven't got any armour on you're not protected but it would still be the fact that I chose to do it means I'm in yeah, the wrong hackers shouldn't hack and sure yeah. you should have good security but hackers the, I guess the thing hackers like, gonna uh, hack but really I just don't care it's like it's like whenever my blizzard thing's like oh you've got your password wrong which means we now need to send six emails to authenticate that you're actually Matt Lee's it's like honestly I would tick a box with my Battle.net account that just said, I don't give a shit. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Someone's going to go on StarCraft and lose a game for me. Don't care. People used to go into my, into my WoW account and sell all my armor, man. Yeah, yeah people so I know. Your bank details and shit, though. That's well, bad, isn't it? that's bad. But, <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm just fairly ambivalent about everything. So <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft appreciate so the irony in all this. I hope there's a, a, my a, irony? a, a watchdog side quest. Oh, cool. like, yeah, yeah. Into Dude, what, what if it's yeah. just amazing promotion for it? I mean, well, not amazing. No, but, somebody wants annoying millions of people yeah. buy a game eh? someone might hack into my Uplay account and finish Far Cry 3 for me I don't care I'm, not, I'm never going to do it so do your worst there we are. and um, also make sure you go to the doctor about your penis yeah, yeah. Do, do check that out Mr Chuffy you really are very worried I don't worried know why, about you. why he'd go to us has it got lumps on it Move next. Uh, next. next. Uh, I think it's actually worth. Um, we need to mention the, the winners of the podcast competition winner yes. of the podcast competition and member of the month yes do so that. uh well, on the in fact, I've got oh, I've got it printed off. Isn't that useful for the podcast competition? We asked people to design a, uh, a scroll to be used in the game. Scrolls, scrolls. <laughs> and um, basically, it's uh, for those who don't know, it's quite a fun little strategy game. But it's um, the the cards themselves. It's basically like invent a magic the gathering card. Yeah, like, invent a, 
a an RPG card. Um, and we will actually make a video at some point soon, hopefully, of all of the different <laughs> entries. Because the entries were amazing this time. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, you guys are awesome. Because we have always said, hey, come and enter the podcast competition on the forum. But each month we get new people coming and doing it. And each month they just get better and better. So you guys are incredible. Yeah, well, the winner of this month's competition, well, last month's competition was Jaffo, who uh, created the scrolls based on... Matt Lees and his incredible E3 lunges. Just... Uh, well done, Jaffa. I mean, to be honest, Jaffa, you knocked it out of the park. I don't know how much effort you put into this, but you probably could have t- notched that down by about 30%. It's just, <laughs> it's spectacular. It's not the best. Yeah. It's scrolls. He's done, he's done like a <sighs> kind of painting of you mid-lunge. And it's just the quality of the painting. It's a fantastic you did it in paint, work. please let me know. Can I have a look? I don't think, I'm not sure. Yeah. You can see this on the forum. If you go into the forum and go oh, into wow. the, the podcast section of the forum, uh, you can have a look at it in the, the member of the month competition thing. It's, it's brilliant. Very good. It's a fantastic painting. Are we doing a lunch? And what's yeah. the text read, Dave? When Lee's comes into play, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> Allies increase. That sounds like a really bad movie introduction. <laughs> Allies increase lunge ability by five. Foes take de- three damage to pants. Across the Shire, the women folk still cower in fear at mention of the lunge at Turtle Beach. <laughs> that was a good lunge. Turtle Beach lunge. 10 out of 10. It was legendary. It was a triple lunge with a yeah. 180 spin. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, congratulations, Jaffo. You have won a game of your choice, providing it is not more than £50. But let's be honest, what games yep. are more than £50? I'll send you a message on, on the, uh, the forums for that. Right, I'll be in touch. For the member of the month, uh, very rightly went to Duckman0121. What a man. Dave was about to mention, has created some animated it's videos. It's a new VG legend. Of yeah, podcasts. Basically, do something with us and we'll give you a prize. <laughs> Our egos know no bounds. We, well, we didn't vote for member no, of the month. That's, no. that's all done by the community. Yeah. Okay, um, fair enough. And I must say, it was purely, yeah, I didn't want to call that one for the last one with a drawing because I was like, it is a picture of me, so I'm not getting involved in this choice. But it's just clearly, it's just such a brilliant piece of work. But this one was voted by the members, and quite mm-hmm. rightly though, Duckman, I couldn't believe it. I came to the office and someone was like, oh Matt, have you seen this? This guy's done an animated video of us on the podcast. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I mean, it's a bit ropey, but I must admit, the timing I like, no, I like the, the comic timing, comedy yeah. timing is impeccable. And I know and I like a little about that. Mm-hmm. And that guy's got talent, so keep it up, Duckman. You've, you've won a game for being awesome. Yep, and that, that happens every month. Go check the forums if you want to find right. out. Hey, Party poppers, fireworks. Come on, duck man, get up on my shoulders. We've got me and you, Dave. We've got entirely different mental images. You're having a sexy dance party. <laughs> I'm taking him through Victorian streets while kids run along going, woo, with Just imagine flags. you oh. happen to scroll to that point in the podcast with everyone screaming, duck man. I, no. I'm doing a Hovis ad, you're doing a WKD blue ad. Duck man, woo! <laughs> Please move on. Please move on. <laughs> yeah. Finally, the vote of the month, one of the people who voted for... Uh, member of the competition randomly selected that is ghost underscore underscore dog has also won himself. ghost dog a lovely game it's a good name it's a good name fair play well I assume it's a lovely game you best pick a lovely game so yeah um, we will do a new competition next week mm-hmm. and that we'll think of something amazing um, but yeah bear in mind that every month we do this it's thanks to the lovely guys at shop2.net basically we give away three games one of them for somebody who's actually done something that's impressive which is you know obviously quite tricky uh, secondly for somebody who's just generally been really funny or done something that we think or well, the forum thinks yeah. is cool which mm-hmm. is obviously all just having a name that's Duckman which is obviously yeah, it's always, engenders always an easy passion 
rising towards you at an alarming rate. Or thirdly, just by voting which for someone. Which is so easy. Which is ludicrous. Yep. It's that kind of like everyone's a winner bullshit. Yep. But it means that anyone can be a winner, so join Everyone the forums. Everyone is a winner at JJB Sports. And uh, join the forums and say some horrible things about us. Join the Dark Souls yeah. pants man. Alter Anger. What? Sorry? Oh, Alter Anger. Can't believe it. Can't believe you turned your back on us after all these years. We thought we were close. Oh, anyway, you, Alter Anger. Have we got any other questions? <laughs> <then>? <laughs> <laughs> that's one that's listening whoa whoa I was kidding Alteranga I love you I will send you a game <laughs> no <laughs> stop it stop it I, lo- I love the way you said that and then your eyes exploded <laughs> to go, what if I just said why did I say that why did I say it you can send it one of your games man send it yeah. one of my games I've got a game there's a game on your desk that's been there for a while that'll do yeah you can have that actually yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> Next week's competition, win shit from our <laughs> sets. Um, do we have time for a very quick fire round questions? Do we have any more questions? Uh, I think that was that was That's the it. Pirate Chris. Oh, yes. Oh, mid plunder. We've, uh, we've gone a little longer and I've I just got. We have some Twitter. This is a, a bonus booster um, podcast. Yeah. Apologies for the length and girth. Lol. Lol. Um, yeah, thank you very much for joining us on Video Gaming UK. If you have enjoyed the podcast, and do remember to get your nan to subscribe on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Give us a little, and, uh, I'll, give I'll, a rating. I'll, I'll, yeah, I always like to see if people like the comments. So even if you think it's terrible, I mean, don't obviously. But yeah, always yeah, give, us, always give us the, fanboy. Yeah. What Xbox fanboy? Oh, right, Xbox <laughs> Xboy fanboy. What's Xboy. I said the wrong words. <laughs> Some right? website I go to. Oh, Xboy. My mouth doesn't work. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, oh, I like. I like. Weird. I like reading reviews. So, yeah, yeah give, us, give a us a review. Write like us a it. comment. Um, yeah, do get your mum and nan to just give us a rating on the iTunes. I've been Matt Lees as ever. Um, Dave has been Dave Scammell. Goodbye. Chris has been Chris Bratz. I have. And Simon was played by Simon. That's right. Good evening and good night. Bye.